This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergath. Thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today on these Thursdays during the week. The voice of the Minnesota Golden Gophers Sports Director at MNN, Mike Grimm, joins us. Grimmer, thanks for joining us once again. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Good to always be with you, Todd. Yeah. I'm glad that the Gophers have a quarterback for their bowl game coming up because they're getting a little short on those guys. And uh, a report in the Star Trip saying that they had to come up with a little cash uh, to keep Seth Green around and play one more game for the Gophers. Not, yeah, Cole Kramer. Yeah, yeah, Cole Kramer, um uh, the kid out of Eden Prairie. Yeah, you know, I think it sounds like he's getting married in February. And um I think he got I, I don't know if they put a number in the paper. I don't know I I I, I don't know what the number 30, is. Thirty K yeah. is what they said. Yep. Oh, that that I'm not sure of. I don't yeah. know if it's that much, but yeah. I know he's getting uh, he's getting some money to um you know, to help and uh and look that's what part of it's for, but um, you need a quarterback, so that's uh, that's that's what he's got. So um, hopefully he plays well in that game. He's got a a chance to go out, um, you know, with a with a little bit of a, a storybook finish here if he if he can go uh, lead this team to a win here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, what a great uh, way to start his adult life. Uh, Calamari just said he's just ready to move on and become an adult. He's moving to Arizona. Uh, and the whole works. So hopefully he has a good last game and, and the Gophers can take on Bowling Green. Uh, have you started your prep for that game yet, or are you still eyeballs deep in basketball? Uh, I'm kind of in between right now with mm-hmm. basketball now off for about a week um, and football not till the 26th. I don't, I don't have a lot of any of that in my mind right this second, but yeah. um, I, I know enough. I can, you know, the Bowling Green, obviously, you know, the, <laughs> I think it's funny um, you know this this gopher season kind of fizzled in in November. Obviously, they were zero for four um, after positioning themselves beautifully in the end of October with the win at Iowa. They beat Michigan State handily and um, were they, they you know maybe technically in the driver's seat to start the month because they had the head to head over Nebraska, who was in the thick of it. They had the head to head over Iowa, who ended up winning the division. Um, so if they had taken care of business, it would have been it would have been you know maybe a different feeling right now heading into the uh, postseason. But it wasn't, and so the season fizzles, and you're like, man, okay, here it is. And now as a five win team, they do get the bull bit based on their academic stuff, which is great. Um, and then all kinds of teams from the MAC that uh, they could pick. MAC had a bunch of bowl eligible eligible teams, including Northern Illinois, the team that PJ played for, which I thought would have been a cool story. Um, and of course, the team they pick is the team that beat Minnesota a couple of years ago. So now for you know two and a half weeks, we get to yeah. hear about that uh, that game again. So um, uh, it just kind of continues in this theme of uh, not much has necessarily gone right for this team uh, here since uh, the 1st of November. But uh, this Bowling Green team started slow and then finished fast. They have a good defense. They actually play two quarterbacks. They have a two-quarterback system. Mm. Two guys will rotate in. And um, there was a there was a teleconference last week with PJ Fleck and Scott Leffler. He's the head coach of of Bowling Green. He was the quarterbacks coach for the Detroit Lions. He played quarterback at Michigan, um, and um, so he's got a, you know a nice Detroit uh, background. So he, he and his team is excited to be going there. And um, their their two headed quarterback situation. I, if I could read into it right, I think 
I think he, and, and I'll know more as, as I dive into it, um, you know, Glenn Mason used to say, if you have two quarterbacks, you really don't have any because it means one's not good enough to beat out the other. I kind of think that's the situation because at one point when P.J. was kind of joking that he was going to have to start Cole Kramer and uh, Leffler was joking that he had two quarterbacks and they joked together on this teleconference, it was a Zoom, and um, and he said, well, well let's just trade. Uh, you know, we can play ours and you can play uh, yours. Uh, we'll, 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 you know, and they were joking. And then PJ's like, remember when we were little kids and there was an all-time quarterback? Maybe we can just find somebody to come in and play all-time quarterback. So uh, <laughs> they had some fun at the quarterback position expense. And, I, you know, I, in addition to that, I think it'll be interesting um, to see who Cole Kramer will have around him on both sides of the ball, right? Um, because, you know, we're going to start hearing, I'm sure, not just with the Gophers and some teams already. I mean, Ohio State, for their Cotton Bowl game against Missouri, I think they already have – you know, 10 guys that are transferring and another five or six who have opted out and um, are going to wait to, you know, see what their situation is for the NFL draft. And uh, I'm guessing, I don't know, uh, I have not, the, the, look, the, the football team has, um, the coaches right now are flying all over the country. They're trying to secure all the high school kids and the transfer portal and all this stuff. And that culminates on um, uh, uh, Monday, or Wednesday, I'm sorry, Wednesday signing day the 20th. And so I really haven't seen anybody, so I don't know the answer to this. But my hunch is I doubt we see Brevin Spanford. I doubt okay. you see Tyler Newbin. I mean, in this bowl game especially, I, I don't think that um, yeah. I would put myself at risk if I were in their shoes or if I were advising those guys. Right. And obviously there's been some transfers, including Kelly McManus and some others who have entered the transfer portal. So who will be available and who will play? I, I really think that the Gophers probably are starting to look at this thing as more of a – uh, the spring football 2.0, like like let's get guys reps, let's uh, develop them. It's 15 additional practices. You always yeah. hear about that, um, and and so I think that's where this thing is probably veering towards. Yeah, you know, and and the bowl games have taken a hit in recent years with so many players, not just obviously as you mentioned the Gophers, but all across college football it seems like guys are opting out of the bowl game uh even more so and, and like you said you can't blame them for doing that they've got their their careers ahead of them but but it does hurt the bowl season a little bit but but people are there to watch their teams and and go to nice locales and if they're missing you know a handful of their better players there's other guys that can step in and play but it does have a little effect i think yeah, for sure. I mean, they've always been exhibition games, so to speak, yeah. right? I mean, at the end of the day, outside of the playoff games, I mean, there's, you know, it, it matters not much. Um, it, you know, you feel good if you win. If you lose, you you don't. Um, and then you move on with life. That said, there you're right. And I think um, if I had to analyze it, what has created an even bigger issue now, you know, for for a couple of years, it was guys, uh, seniors, that, that this was impacting. You know, mm-hmm. seniors hey, I have a chance to get drafted, even if it's the sixth round where I'm projected. Why do I want to go risk blowing out my knee, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so they would opt out. What we're seeing now because of the transfer portal is so many kids now um, are, are jumping in the transfer portal, and not just the Gophers. In fact, yeah. the Gophers, if you look, I, I just saw a graphic. The Gophers are basically right in the middle of number of guys that are leaving programs uh, in the Big Ten. Like, like uh, Ohio State's got way more than, 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 than Minnesota. Northwestern has less uh, mm-hmm. which is weird because uh, you, you know 
uh, six months ago, we thought Northwestern was on the, you know, on the cusp of maybe just shutting the whole thing down, and yeah. now they're in a really good bowl game, and um, they're excited with their new coach and all this stuff. Anyway, um, all these guys that get in the portal, there's no way they're playing in a bowl game. So if every team has six to ten to fifteen kids announced they're in the portal, and then you got two or three or four kids that are worried about NFL stuff, that's twenty guys you might not have yep. for some teams yeah. for a bowl game. And then like at Ohio State. Um, all their guys are NFL caliber guys. So they're not playing in any, you know, they're in the Cotton Bowl against Missouri. For them, it's kind of a whole hump. For Missouri, it's big. That's a big game. That's a New Year's Six Bowl game. You could go beat Ohio State. You could end up in the top six or seven in the country if you win that. So they have very few opt-outs. I'll bet Ohio State, you know, well, we already see they have 10 or 12 guys um, that are transferring or in the portal. They're going to have a bunch of guys that are going to be NFL guys. Um, that said, their second team is probably going to give Mizzou a real good battle. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just how much yep. talent they have. So you're right. I think there's some luster off of some of those bowl games. I don't know if there's a, the, the right answer. Um, yeah. Like yeah. I said, I don't blame those guys. We're talking, you know, we're, we're, you know, 30 years ago, even if you got drafted, you know, you were making life-changing money, but we're talking Powerball ticket money now, some yeah. of these guys, you know, that you don't want to put at risk. Yeah, that's right. So it, it's a, it's possible we're about to get even wilder in college athletics. A federal judge ruling yesterday a 14-day temporary restraining order against the NCAA from uh, having forcing college athletes, if they transfer a second time now, to sit out for a year. So that's possible that that goes away. A federal judge has put a stay on that to yeah. where we might have unlimited transfers and you can play immediately. Uh, I hope it doesn't start to happen during the course of a season, but it's it's about to get a little more open, it appears. Yeah, yeah, and and, and obviously that impacts basketball immediately, yep. but that will have an impact on football as well. And, yeah, you can see guys then going to four or five schools uh, if that gets upheld. Yep. I, I'm, I don't know the, the um, you know, I don't know at what point, because uh, the argument, from my understanding in that court case, it was in West Virginia, and it was mm-hmm. a West Virginia basketball player who was at the forefront of it okay. who had transferred a second time and is sitting out, and a West Virginia judge said, hey, he can play. So I don't know how much uh, that was, uh, uh, hey, is this guy just a fan that wants the Mountaineers to be good? Um, because at some point you have to allow the NCAA to to to, to make rulings like yeah. like what control as an insti- as a uh, governing body do you, do, do you uh, get taken away from next right so um, the idea is competitive balance the idea is trying to keep it as fair of a playing field as you can coaches for example now are upset that hey we could have gotten guys we would have gotten gone out and gotten second time transfers but the rule was not now these guys that did take them are going to get rewarded for this um you can't change the rules in the middle of a season but you know the court calendar knows no season i I guess right but at what point you know so, so he said that uh that they argued that he was an employee and the judge agreed and said look an employee can change jobs anytime he wants mm-hmm. um i don't know if you're going to have to sign contracts that suggest hey if you leave the school you got to sit out a year um and so you knowingly enter into some sort of agreement um, he said a general student can transfer as many times as he wants of course that's true um but also you know there are others certainly many other benefits an athlete gets that the general student doesn't get so there's a flip side to that as well mm-hmm. and at what point then would it be well what 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 governing thing does the ncaa have? say a kid has a 1.0 grade point average mm-hmm. you know well what what's to stop somebody from suing 
the school to say, well, so what? Yeah, it's discriminatory. You know, you're paying, you're, yeah. you, you know, you're paying me to play basketball, not go to class. Yeah. Um, well, but that's an NCAA rule. Well, well, but the NCAA has no power over anything at this yeah. point. And so, yeah, I don't know where we're headed with this. It's, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. I, I was going to say here just now, off the top of my head, it's kind of scary. I don't know if it's scary. It's just sports. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, we got we got much bigger issues in the general country to worry about. Sure. But I do wonder where we're headed here because this NCAA is is losing power, and I don't even think that's a bad thing either because they have, you know, have not a great track record of of uh, you know implementing things always for the best of the kids. Right. And. Um, well, what what is happening? I do believe is it's creating an erosion of commitment and passion from fans, and I I, I hear that. Um, I just see it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it just uh, you know, and, and I think especially for places maybe like Minnesota and some others who are kind of what you'd call a mid pack. Look, yeah. Ohio State, you know, they're, they're, that's a different deal. Their yeah. their the football program has passionate followers, and they're going to always be. You know, but for for middle of the road kind of programs um, uh, that, that always kind of hung their hat on, hey, we're doing it the right way, and man, the, the, the right tough. way is no longer rewarded here, no. right? I no. mean, so I, I'll be interested to see. You know, when we're doing the Todd and Friends podcast in 2030, uh, <laughs> how, how our conversations are going relating to college sports. I'll say this, and this is kind of a hot take, but by 2030. I don't think the NCAA exists anymore because yeah, I, think I think by then right. we're going to have the two super conferences in college football. They're going to say, we don't need the NCAA. We're going to govern ourselves, have our own commissioner, and then that'll bleed down to everything yeah. else. But even then, where will the uh, governing power happen? Will it, I know. Will it just be each you know, conference each its school? commissioner? Yeah, hard saying. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, we do, by that point, it would probably be we'll trade you our running back for your quarterback, and yeah. it'll be just like the NFL. You yeah. know? But unfortunately, there rules. Yeah. There, there have to be rules. The question is, then, how do you, how do you um, enforce rules? And, and in some way, it's weird because um, there's so many varying schools with varying backgrounds, varying resources, varying academic standards, and so it's it's a it's a nearly impossible task to yeah. govern all of those 300 schools in basketball uh, in a in a meaningful, equitable way. Yeah. Um, and so, as those rules continue to erode, then who knows? But yeah, this uh, two week situation uh, ought to be interesting because the NCAA also, I think, said yesterday. Uh, tread carefully because if you play these guys and then in two weeks that thing gets left behind and it's back to normal, you've played an ineligible player. So (laughs) we'll see where it all goes. Many of the rules are being done away with in the NCAA. Another of those that has uh, certainly gone away is paying players. Now I'm reading the NCAA may indeed enter into a direct pay system from the school to the student-athletes. It would, of course, be Title IX complicit, but now, indeed, we might see it where schools are directly paying their athletes. They're trying to get a handle on all this. Yeah, it's it's a, um, you know, and I, I saw Jay Billis, uh, I think it was Jay Billis, it might have been Jay Goodman, one of those basketball mafia guys, I call them all the, the <laughs> basketball mafia. They, they they think they invented the game, and yes. they, God bless them all. But um, they um, they said that the NCAA has no one to blame but themselves, and, and there is truth to that. But this thing's moving so fast, and some of it is certainly out of their control in terms of court cases and 
all of a sudden you get a court case and that changes the trajectory because you think you're heading one way and hey we got a control on this and now this and so now yes uh, charlie baker the ncaa president who's a uh, new ncaa president is um has floated the idea that there will be indeed a potential that at some point soon they will approve a pay for play yeah. um and i don't know how that will work does that implement a salary cap or is that hey ohio state can go pay their guy three million and Minnesota's going to be stuck paying their quarterback thirty thousand, as yeah. the as it sounds like the uh, according to the article. I have to look at the paper today, uh, uh, read yeah. that. But uh, yeah. yeah, crazy, crazy yeah. indeed. So sure is. And Joe Rossi has left the Gopher program uh, again, a second time. He's left. He's going to Michigan State. Is he going to be their defensive coordinator over there too? Yeah, yeah. For for him, it's the first time he's left. He was he's oh, been I here see. every year. PJ Kirk Sherrock, I think, might be oh, who you're that's thinking, who I'm of, thinking the of. Offensive coordinator. Yep. He left to go to Penn State. Got fired at Penn State. Came back to Minnesota after one year. Then went to Rutgers. That's where he was this past season. Yeah. So the offensive coordinator had been here twice. Um, uh, but Rossi came here as the linebackers coach when PJ's uh, first got the job, when PJ's staff first got assembled, and then PJ fired Rob Smith after the uh, Illinois game in 2018. Elevated Rossi as the interim coordinator, and the Gophers had an immediate turnaround. It was remarkable. In, in my time here, probably the most unexpected turnaround. Of, um, I mean, they gave up 55 to a terrible Illinois team fired the defensive coordinator then the next week if you remember that was 2018 last time the gophers actually were in detroit um uh and and beat a top uh, 25 purdue team 40 to 10 yeah you're like how did this happen and then they beat wisconsin at the end of the year to get to bowl eligibility winning two of the last three games and so there was a little bit different of a feel going into the detroit game the last time around in 2018 and then they took care of georgia tech this time with the way that month of november kind of spiraled downward um and now you're getting in based on apr i think there's in my just in my own mind there's less of a um of an enthusiasm so to speak for this bowl game um but you know that that's that's where we sit now but yeah rossi um you know moving within the conference is an interesting move um i don't know there's probably some pay increase for him mm-hmm. um and i think this is a you know this is he he knows his stuff so this is uh not a good thing for the gophers now the yeah. question is where what direction does pj fleck go to find the replacement um he has had a tradition of hiring within staff or as many people do hire people that they know or yeah. are comfortable with he did that with the offensive coordinator last year in in um, in Greg Harbo, uh, promoted from within. I I wonder if he'll be willing to do that again. Just and then you have two coordinators that are for the first time calling defensive plays. Hmm. Danny Collins and uh, Nick um, Monroe are both on staff and <clears throat> both have some uh, coordinating experience. Uh, Danny Collins is co-defensive coordinator, as is um, as was uh, Nick Monroe at. Syracuse last year so um, will he promote one of those two guys or will he go get a guy who you know has got a little gray around the ears and has been around the block and I I don't know the I don't know the answer to that yeah Grimmer thanks so much we'll talk again next week always enjoy Todd thank you Mike Grimm voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Friends podcast it's brought to you by Heritage Bank member FDIC an equal housing lender Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.